you want to kind of speak about how flexibility and mobility are important and what the difference is? Sure. So flexibility usually pertains to taking uh, for your body through like a passive range of motion, right? So sort of like if I were to take Victor's arm and how far can I like move it in a certain direction before it just kind of doesn't go any further. But mobility means you're able to like actively mobilize the part of the body or the tissue in the desired direction. Yeah. Yeah. So if you just become flexible, like we talked about before, you might actually be more prone to injury. You're not able to actually create optimal like joint stability. So it's actually important to have a balance of strength and flexibility. So the goal is mobility, but flexibility is a component of gaining a high mobility level. Welcome to the Unlimited You podcast. Believing firmly in the limitless potential that resides within each individual, your hosts, Master Victor Almeida, a distinguished martial arts expert, and Andy Freebird, a holistic health coach specializing in calisthenics, nutrition, and strength training, are here to guide you in unlocking your inner power. Each episode offers practical knowledge from strength training techniques to the calming practices of meditation, tailored to enhance your physical, mental, and spiritual well-being. Join us on this empowering journey and embrace the warrior that lies within you. Welcome back to another episode of the Unlimited You. Everybody, welcome back. Today we're going to be talking about flexibility and mobility and how they basically impact everything because they do. So flexibility in martial arts is extremely important. It lets you be able to kick higher, especially in Taekwondo. There's a lot of kicks, even though Taekwondo means the way of the hands and feet. We use a lot of kicks. And if you have like really tight hamstrings, you're not going to be able to do head level kicks. If you have really tight growing, you're not going to be able to do a head level side kick. And that in turn reduces your mobility. Do you want to kind of speak about how flexibility and mobility are important and what the difference is? Sure. So flexibility usually pertains to taking uh, for your body through like a passive range of motion, right? So sort of like if I were to take Victor's arm and how far can I like move it in a certain direction before it just kind of doesn't go any further. But mobility means you're able to like actively mobilize the part of the body or the tissue in the desired direction. Yeah. Yeah. So if you just become flexible, like we talked about before, you might actually be more prone to injury. You're not able to actually create optimal like joint stability. So it's actually important to have a balance of strength and flexibility. So the goal is mobility, but flexibility is a component of gaining a high mobility level. Yeah. So would you say that it's small muscles that control that movement are essential in mobility? Absolutely. Yeah. So you're going to find that as you increase range of motion through increasing flexibility, you start to almost like access muscle fibers that you couldn't. That's the best example I could give based on my own experience would be chaining my chest. The more that I was able to get better posture, more flexibility, get my shoulders back here where I used to be more rounded, I started accessing more of the fibers here that actually couldn't activate before when I had more of this internally rotated scapular posture. You know, compressed, they're not able to be yeah. as much. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I didn't think about it like that. Mm-hmm. And mobility drills are different than flexibility drills as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where, you know, for different types of stretching, we have dynamic stretching, static stretching, and ballistic stretching. And mobility drills, like Freebird say, it 
involves you actually moving that body part through a specific range of motion that requires flexibility, but it's also utilizing different muscles to move that that limb or yeah. that body part. And a lot of times we might add a very small amount of resistance to it. You yeah. can use like an elastic band or a small free weight, a kettlebell, something like that. When you do these kind of mobility exercises, the goal is not to lift heavy weight. The goal is to activate and strengthen those muscles that are responsible for that particular movement we're working on. Yeah. And do, do you want to speak a little bit about the difference in dynamic, static, and ballistic stretching? Well, I think actually this is one where you have more expertise, actually. Yeah, yeah so let's break it down. Yeah, so dynamic stretching, I would categorize this as, you know, stretching while movement. So like leg swings, that's probably the biggest one. Like if you're holding on to something and you're doing leg swings, it's actually stretching while you're moving. And there's a difference in your flexibility range while you're actively using your muscles versus when you're statically stopped. We do a lot of static stretches in martial arts. Let's say you're doing the splits, you're holding the splits, right? Versus you're actively throwing a side kick up and down. Yes. We have a lot of drills where you're laying down on your side and you're throwing a side kick like this. And it's, it's essentially when you're still, that's static stretching. And if you're stretching while your movement, that's dynamic stretching. Oh, wow. Or you can also integrate partner stretching as well, where it allows you to relax a specific muscle group. Like let's say I'm bringing my leg up, I'm gonna be utilizing a lot of my hip flexor and my lower abdominal to bring that leg up. Yes. Versus it, and maybe even my arms to pull on it. But if I have someone else helping me, I can completely relax. Yeah. And then that allows me to get into a deeper stretch. Absolutely. Yeah. So those are the big difference in different types of stretching. And then you have like ballistic stretching, which I'm not too familiar with. We don't incorporate in our training a lot, but it involves movement, almost like the dynamic stretching. And it incorporates a little bit of mobility while you're utilizing it. Interesting. Yeah. And the stretching, there's a lot of new information in, I guess, increasing your flexibility, where traditionally you would hold the position for like three minutes. Yeah. and just hold it and you would then like go through a series of different exercises let's say i'm trying to get the middle splits yeah i would do middle splits frog splits and then butterfly okay and you're trying to work on the dr magnus and trying to also probably the outer hip tfl yes these three stretches he's talking about are really going to open up that area yeah and what they found out recently through a lot of studies is you need to hold a stretch for minimum 40 seconds and doing it at least three to four times, 40 seconds up to about a minute or two. Yeah. And let's say you, so you're doing the splits, you get as far as you can and you're using that and you, you do it three to four times and you only need to do that once a week and yeah. you'll see the same amount of progress as if you actually do it two or three times a week. Gotcha. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, based on the kind of research I looked at, the longer that you can comfortably hold the stretch, the better. Like that will accelerate the tissue becoming more pliable. But if you can't make it to a full minute, like do what you can. If you can only go 30 seconds, like do that. Mm -hmm. Repeat. Exactly. And then the more you do it, the easier it will get eventually as your muscle fibers and your ligaments get more used to that lengthening. Yeah. And so what we're talking about is actually called tissue creep. 
Like it's act, the tissue is actually lengthening over time. Yeah. Uh, when I went, I think I mentioned last episode, I went and did a hot yoga, tried that. I was like trying new things. And what I noticed the next day was that I had a very accelerated tissue creep where uh, my ability to actually pass my arm up overhead like this dramatically improved. And I was like, oh my gosh, like actually the tissue has lengthened and I can just easily do this. Interesting. What do you think that came from? I think it was the combination of heat and humidity oh. with doing the flexibility and mobility training Yeah, that really accelerated the tissue's ability to not only become pliable, but also to heal and recover <laughs> because, you know, that tissue in order to become more stretchable, essentially, like it needs to accrete more aminos, like we yeah. talked about the nutrition episode. So that increased blood flow probably also helped it heal too. Yeah. I think that's really important that that blood flow and that heat aspect where, you know, cold muscle is like a, a really old rubber band. Mm-hmm. It doesn't want to move. Right. And if you stretch it too hard, too fast, it's going to break and rip. versus a warm muscle is like a really loose and new rubber band. You can pull that thing out and stretch it. Yeah. And it's just going to laugh at you. And you know, this is, this comes into really big play, especially when you're training martial arts, you're going to be throwing all these head level kicks You're going to be feeling it and extending all of these ligaments, all of these muscles and it's really important to do dynamic stretching before your exercise. Yeah. And I think you mentioned this in our calisthenic strength training episode where if you do stretching, especially static stretching before your exercise, mm-hmm. you're actually going to see a negative effect in your strength output. Yeah. So temporarily you're going to see this reduction because the elasticity of the muscle has been reduced. But I think it would also stand a reason that over time, if you're over prioritizing stretching and you're not actually strengthening the tissue, the muscle is going to become inherently weaker. So you want to save static stretching for like a totally another day, or at the very least after at the end of the workout. Exactly. When you want to do the dynamic before, like Victor's saying, part of the reason why I want to do that is it's also a neuromuscular engagement thing. Mm-hmm. It's helping you wake up that part of your body where you're trying to generate power in the case of a punch or a kick. Yeah, absolutely. And we, we do this for injury prevention mainly when you're cold and you have to do these very dynamic movements and the muscle isn't ready you're not sending the energy to it it's cold you're more likely to pull something to rip something than you are after you've done squats after you've done some of that dynamic stretching than you are if you just like someone comes up on the road you throw a kick you're pretty likely to rip something out yeah yeah and especially when it comes to the joints, exactly. that's where we want to have because the, the joints don't get the same blood flow that your muscle tissue does. And this is also true of the connective tissue of the joints, tendons and ligaments. Mm-hmm. So it's extremely important to warm up your shoulders and hips and spine mm-hmm. uh, primarily, and then followed by the knees, the elbows, and then followed by the wrists and ankles. Yeah. And especially when you have younger people training, they, they we do these hip rotations, knee rotations, and shoulder rotations. Yeah. Like, why are we doing this? I don't feel it. And it's like, you know, I always thought that part with the point. Right? Yeah. I didn't really know, you know, why we're, yeah, doing, why we're doing this. Yeah. And then like, you get to be, you know, mid twenties and your thirties and you're like, oh, I feel my hips now. Oh, okay. Oh, that, that's actually doing a lot. Dude, my hip was so bad for like years. And it wasn't until I started incorporating regular hip rotations. Mm-hmm. It's a movement called a hip car. There's a lot of ways to do it. It stands for controlled articular rotation that it 
you know, after a couple of years of doing that consistently, well, like, interesting though. It plucked me for years. I would appeal it every step. Wow. Yeah. And there's actually research where if you do a rotation in a specific joint, let's say you're doing your elbow like this, mm -hmm. and you do that rotation eight times going one direction, and then eight times going the other direction, mm -hmm. it releases a lubricant fluid in your joint capsule. capsule. It's called the synovial fluid. Oh, yeah. And that helps reduce the friction in your joint and also helps prevent injury. So. That's another reason why we do a lot of these dynamic stretching movements before we go into our training. Okay. And that way you can move way easier. If you can just, you know, you can do that with your neck side to side, with your shoulders, elbows, any one of your movement joints, your ankle. If yeah. your ankle's really sore and you do some ankle rotations, it's going to start to lubricate all of those little joint areas and it's going to let you move easier. Yeah, and like I said in a previous episode, I learned this the hard way of climbing mm. that I hadn't considered that my fingers are a series of joints. Interesting. So one day I went to the climbing gym and said, I don't want to really warm up slowly today. I want to try just going at some hard road called the well, right off the bat. And my, I've got finger injury. The only one and only time that I had a finger, and that was how it happened. Mm. So now I've learned warm up slowly yeah. with even the hands, even the fingers. Yeah, I think for me it was summer camp. So that a lot of martial arts cool though i have summer camp and you know we take them to like six flags we took all the, all of our kids to six flags and you know they're they're like six eight years old running around the water park okay. they wanted to play tag i'm out there i hadn't warmed up or anything i was out there oh, running after these kids and changing directions and all the next thing you know i'm like hold my back oh, like, no. i'm gonna go sit down y'all y'all have fun yeah and like i didn't warm up and you know the older we get the more likely these injuries are likely to happen. That's really interesting that you poured that out. And I like that your, your explanation of uh, synovial fluid, which by the way, you know, crack your knuckles. That's actually, I, found, I believe it's the movement of that fluid, like rushing in and out of the space of the, of the joint. But what's happening is as we, get, as we get older, our body's ability to maintain water composition decreases. Mm. Basically your body only starts to like dry out the older you get. And so that's a big part of why warming up and keeping your joints healthy is more and more important as you get older. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Even in your muscles and skin, all your tissue is better. It's better at holding water. And, you know, th this is also really important for recovery. So let's say you exercise, you've done like a lot of hamstring stretches or hamstring workouts, some hip raises, maybe you got on that like curl machine mm -hmm. and you're feeling that tightness in your hamstring, right? Mm -hmm. Stretching is going to help lengthen and pull those muscle fibers and reduce the soreness that you feel, especially if you do it after your exercise. And what it's especially going to do is going to prevent your muscles from shortening because after you exercise, they're going to get bulkier. They're going to get bigger as they heal. And if you don't stretch after your workout or maybe the next day or two, then it's going to increase the likelihood of it shortening and reducing your mobility and flexibility. So not only does stretching help the recovery and you're not feeling a sore, but it helps the recovery in lengthening the muscle fibers and then healing in a longer format. It's a really great point. Cause like I talked about, if you only focus on becoming more flexible, you're going to run into problems because you don't have the strength to really stabilize your joints. Mm. But like Victor pointed out, the opposite's also true. If you over-prioritize hypertrophy and strength, don't work on your flexibility at all. 
you're going to be very limited in mobility because as the muscles get thicker and hypertrophy, they're actually becoming shorter fibrously. So one of the things you can do in addition to stretching after is do exercises that almost incorporate a weighted stretch. If I do a hamstring for like in Victor's example, I like to set the weight low enough that I can adjust machine to get the best stretch possible. Mm. I want every rep when my leg is out here, I want to feel this whole hamstring stretching first. So the higher I can set the machine up here, more stretch than if I had a bend or I have it down here. Yeah. Now in order to do that, you got to make the weight lighter. Mm -hmm. The same thing with a bench press. If like barbell bench press, not a deep stretch. Dumbbell bench press, light enough that you can control it, come all the way down here. Big oh, you're going to feel that stretch. A lot of my mobility in my upper back and shoulders has come from prioritizing stretching my chest mm -hmm. on exercises like the bench press or pack fly. And that's probably one of the biggest areas I would say most people have an issue with because n not only how we sit, we all kind of go like this for our phones yep. and allow yourself to open up that chest is going to yes. become so critical in your posture and your mobility and your, your quality of life and breathing. Yeah. yeah it's, it impacts so many things we don't even think about. Even prep around the heart, like you have, you know, a certain distance between the sternum and the spine, which can be decreased or, or increased depending on the skeletal line. Yeah, yeah. So if you're internally rotating, your chest is caved in, you're actually putting more pressure on the heart. Yeah. And that's making it work harder and it's more compressed. That's a good point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you know, the, the stretching not only has preventionary me measures for, you know, preventing injury, recovery, but also everyday benefits that can improve your quality of life, improve your flexibility and your mobility. And that comes down to, you know, can you get up off of your chair without using your hands? Yeah. You know, can you get up off of the ground without using your hands? Yeah. You know, th this essentially becomes very critical to aging, you know, to aging gracefully, because as you age, you start losing muscle mass. You start losing that mobility. You lose bone density too. That's and if critical. you don't have good mobility and you fall down, way more likely to break a ball than when you were young. Yeah. And that could be, take you months to heal because you're, Recovery time. Or it could, it could literally be your death, too, because actually yeah. really elderly people, once they have a fall, a high percentage of those people die within the next like, couple of years. Mm. So. Because then they're not moving as well. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like everything else just goes down. Yeah. And maintaining a good level of flexibility and mobility is going to help you heal faster because you're, you're allowing more blood to get into the different parts of your body. You know, I have noticed that, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, you know, I injured my knee, the tendon in my knee was what, four weeks ago, I could barely bend my net leg here and I'm now walking without a limp and it's only been four weeks. Yeah. And you know, this is across the board. When I get sick, I, I heal faster. So, you know, stretching and maintaining mobility has significant impacts throughout my entire lifestyle that, you know, I wouldn't have thought when I started. I think uh, for me, the biggest one is that the more mobility that I have, the more I work on my flexibility and mobility training, mm -hmm. the less I notice mm -hmm. any kind of discomforts. Yeah. It's like what I'll do is like, it, it, I'll have these moments of realization of like, huh, I haven't felt any kind of aches or pains today at all. Oh. It's like the, you know what I'm saying? This yeah. almost like blissful ignorance you get from not worrying about, oh, my hip aches, my back aches, like a shoe, but I can't bend down in time with shoe. Like you just don't even think about that stuff anymore. That That's a good point. Yeah. And, you know, especially in martial arts, 
if you don't have that mobility, you're not going to be able to perform certain techniques properly. Yeah. It will literally be impossible. Exactly. Like if you have really tight hips, you're not throwing an outside press it. Mm -hmm. Your leg can't even go over there. Exactly. Even if I grabbed your leg and tried to pull it over there, you'd be like, ouch, stop. It wouldn't even move over there. Yeah. And for a lot of the students that I've had who have really short hamstrings, that's kind of the biggest one for the kicks. Definitely. They're, they compromise their body posture. Rotate more. Yeah. And what ends up happening is after they're kicked, they're more vulnerable to an attack. Because their body position, their backward positioning has changed. They can't put in as much power or speed into that technique either. Right. Yeah, because the technique, just in doing it properly, allows you to do it faster and deliver more power into it. Mm. In how you turn the hips and how you turn the foot, it opens it up a specific way that let's say if my hips are facing forward and I try to do this kick, I'm not going to get the same as I, I turn my hip and put all of this force that's coming from the ground into my kick. Right. Yeah. Just like a punch, it's a kinetic energy chain. And you want that to be as efficient as possible to direct that energy where it needs to go. Exactly. And that is entirely reliant on your mobility. Yeah. If you can't move your leg a specific way, if you don't have the muscle and the range of motion, you can't deliver those techniques properly. Or if you do, like you said, they're just going to be very low in power and you're going to be way more vulnerable than you otherwise. Would. Yeah. And, and then some people will really just focus on learning these techniques and forget like, oh, hey, I really have to lengthen my hamstrings to be able to kick. Yeah. And they don't see that importance in how it affects themselves and other aspects of their life and especially their training. Mm -hmm. And they don't ever focus on that. Mm -hmm. And that's a big detriment, I think, to, to the training lifestyle. You know? yeah. yeah. And I think you're probably right. The, the hips probably are the most important like the hamstring, the hips, probably the most important part of the body for a taekwondo, being mm -hmm. that there's all these kicks. I and mean, you don't need a ton of upper body flexibility to deliver most of the hamstrings. Yeah, it's but all kind of some of these kicks will literally be impossible for you if you don't have good hamstring flexibility, good hip flexibility, good groin flexibility. Absolutely. Absolutely. At Fair Academy, we believe every person has unlimited potential waiting to be unleashed. Join our academy and discover your inner power through disciplines like Taekwondo, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Muay Thai, martial arts weapons, and more. Our experienced instructors empower you with the skills, strength, and wisdom to become an unstoppable warrior. Train in a focused, inclusive environment where you'll progress quickly. Learn meditation, nutrition, and breathing techniques to develop a balanced body, mind, and spirit. Uncover your true potential and prepare for life's challenges at Farah Academy. Start your journey. Visit farahacademy.com today. And, you know, lately, I think you probably have seen some of these videos of uh, animal flow. Yeah, I have. Yeah, where a lot of people are working on mobility through this animal flow. I must play around with that kind of And when I go out on the trail or I go out on the climbing wall, I feel more like an animal, like a panther, and it feels so just biomechanically fluid. You know what I mean? This is one of the reasons I love Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So for our Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu warm-up, we do, we call it like the animals. So you do the monkey. Yeah, but then that one. The alligator. Done that one. The bear. The lizard, sometimes they call it. The shrimp, right? I need to do more stripping because I know that's like a big BJJ. Yeah. Yeah. And all of these work on your mobility and how your body's moving and you're learning how to utilize different muscles to get your body to move. 
Yeah. In right. different positions too. Exactly. Like on your back or your side or your stomach. How do you get out of that? Well, there's a really weird mobility one I like to do sometimes, which is uh, like a head pull, basically. What you do, you lay down on your back. You got to be laying on something soft, like a carpet or grass outside. And you put your occipital launch on the ground. And you just look up and then itch a little bit. You just do it again. Um, you can actually move completely across the ground, just only using your head. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. It's almost like an upside down inchworm. Yeah. yeah. Essentially. Yeah. Okay. Just get good at moving in every possible position with any possible point of contact. And you're just going to be that much more fluid. Exactly. And this kind of comes back to, I think, something you mentioned in the first episode where the human body has a, such a large array of possibilities and the ways we can move. Infinite. Infinite. Yeah. And it's all about our creativity, you know, and yes. our flexibility and our ability to get our bodies ready to be able to perform those techniques. And, and safe, like you pointed out, don't, yeah. you know, pull your back chasing some kids at the theme park. They, you could have just warmed up and then you probably wouldn't smoke at these kids, you know what I mean? Exactly. Like I got way longer lens than a little kid. Yeah. I was smoking them until I got hers on the Right. <laughs> and now I'm done. <laughs> I sent this one out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think one of the biggest important things in our mobility is, you know, if we don't work at it, like all the other things we've been talking about, you end up losing it. Your body yes. doesn't put the importance in maintaining you either the length of those fibers or the strength in that area. So mobility is something we constantly have to work at, you know, can, yes. can like from a seated position, can you get down into a yogi squat where you're basically seated on your feet like this? Can you get up from that area? That's probably one of the biggest things that a lot of people neglect is like, can you even get up without using your hands? Yeah. So there's certain aspects of mobility that are much more like practical than others. So the two main ones are going to be like, yeah, can you squat down to the ground and pick something up? Or can you bend over mm -hmm. and pick something up? Without feeling that back pain. Yeah, exactly. Without feeling back pain or, or it could be your ankles. A lot of the times people that can't squat to the, to the floor, usually their heels will lift up. Yeah. And it's because they actually can't dorsiflex the foot and ankle. They can't go like this all the way. Yeah. They're kind of locked here. Mm -hmm. So that would be the most practical. There's other forms of flexibility that are going to have health benefits, but for the average person are as important. For example, being able to bridge backward. Yeah. You almost never need to do that. But if you're doing jujitsu or something, you might, yeah. you know, like suplex or something like that. Yeah. You better be able to do that. Umpo roll them over. Mm -hmm. But it's way more important for most people to just be able to bend forward because we're, we have our eyes in front of us, our hands in front of us. We walk forward. So, you know, why are you bending over? I got to pick this thing up. I got to pile my spirit. That's yeah. more important. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the, these different movements, you know, especially like the people who dance, especially creative dancing, you, what, what you end up learning through increasing your mobility is that mind-body connection of like what muscles do i need to use in order to move a specific way yes and if you can't if you're limited the best way to you know address that is to get professional help i think through like a physical therapist or a mobility coach like yourself yeah. where they address your inability to move in a specific way like let's say you're always feeling a specific hip pain maybe you need to literally put a band here and you know utilize and activate a muscle that you haven't been using it's a sleep yeah. and you're putting this extra load on let's say like your lower back or you know mm -hmm. your glutes minus 
And what ends up happening is like, you're going to end up sitting a specific way. Maybe you're always sitting like this. Mm -hmm. Your spine's going to be out of line. So our flexibility and our mobility directly correlates to how we're postured and moved throughout the entire day. Yeah. You know, how you sit. Do you have good posture when you sit? Do you, you know, compromise yourself while you're doing all of these activities? And working on your flexibility and mobility makes you more aware of how you're living. You know, like when I sit next to somebody who has a really good posture, I'm like, I need to improve my posture. <laughs> like I'm starting to feel a little bit of back pain, you know? Yeah. And they, I think they do make some feedback devices for that, wear it around your neck or I think when it's a bit adhesive, essentially, I think vibrates or buzz. Yeah. When you start to kind of, I guess it has maybe like cellar armor in there. So when it starts to tilt, mm -hmm. it can tell and it like vibrates and you're like, oh, go back up straight again. Yeah. Cool. And what I found really interesting is, you know, you can use strength training and calisthenics to help improve your posture. Oh, and movement. dramatically. Well, if you worked out your chest and you're all like this, maybe you need to put a little bit more focus in your back so that your, your posture opens up so that you stretch more of your chest. Like a lot of people will have shoulder injuries or imbalances where and especially if you drive a lot, this is a big one oh, for yeah. those nomads out there. Right. Right for the hip too. Yeah, yeah, like you're sitting and you're pushing the gas pedal. That right side is becoming extremely used and unbalanced. So, you know. You're not even sitting symmetrically either because yeah. you have this leg is more toward the middle and then your other leg is like out here. And it turns your hip forward. It turns your hip, yeah. yeah. And that has consequential effects of like, it's going to affect you in how you sleep and how you walk and how you sit outside of the driving. Yeah. And like, I personally had pains from driving. Like we've been traveling for the last two years and my hips were not doing good until I really started focusing on them mm -hmm. and increasing my hip flexibility, my lower back strength and sitting in a better posture really took out a lot of the pain that I was feeling. And the second that I'm not thinking about it, and I start to slouch more. I start to drive more. I'll start feeling those pains coming back. Yes, totally. Yeah. I'll try to take advantage, you know, in the car, things like cruise control. Mm -hmm. So I can kind of sit a little bit more symmetrically yeah. and know your limits. Because if you get really good at mobility and flexibility, it's likely that you'll be able to sit in a position like this a lot longer than someone who didn't work on that. But whoever you are, when you start feeling some kind of tightness in your shoulder area, if you've been driving for hours, like pull off the side road, do a couple hip circles, do a couple shoulder circles, get back in. How much time did you waste? 30 seconds. Yeah. That's it. But now you feel great. You can drop a few more hours. Exactly. Yeah. And th this is especially important on those really long drives. Yeah. And the people who are out there, you know, driving three, four, five, six, maybe more hours a day, truckers, you know, like take a break, you know, like you can do a lot of these stretches while you're sitting, like cross your legs. Lean forward. That yeah. stretches your lower back. That stretches your upper glute over here. Mm -hmm. You know, you can do some spinal twists while you're sitting in your chair. I like you this one. I like put my arm up against the ceiling. Yeah. With the opposite hand holding and then I'll switch. Take the wheel. This hand. Good. Yeah. Yeah. And like these are little things that you can do. Also, one of my other favorite ones while I'm sitting, if I'm starting to feel hip pain, I'll squeeze my butt. Oh, squeeze my belly. Yeah. And that help helps activate the glute that goes to sleep while you're sitting. And then the glute is like your prime mover. Mm -hmm. So what's happening is that this, the hip muscles, like the TFL, 
those are supposed to be like assisting other muscle groups, you know what I mean? But yet they're like overactivating. So if you activate like the glutes and that prime mover, it makes sense. It would take a lot of that tension like off of these smaller muscle groups. Yeah. Now you might not be able to hold like that glute for very long. You can like squeeze it and let go and you'll feel it throughout your whole body. Yeah. And if you're feeling pain and you do that, you might have some relief for a few minutes and then you go and do it again. Mm -hmm. And if it comes back, maybe stop and stretch it out. Maybe do a forward fold if you're able to without having lower back pain. Mm -hmm. And what's really important about stretching is you're going to feel pain. Stretching is painful. Yeah. But there's a difference between when you stretch and feeling sharp pain versus the stretching pain. It's like a discomfort. Yes. More so than pain. Yes. And if you feel sharp pain, like, like there's a knife going into that it, joint impingement. that you don't want to feel that. Yeah. You want to immediately back off a little bit and only feel that slight discomfort of the lengthening muscles. And that's going to be a lot safer to progressing. I also found that the more that you practice this, the more you literally and figuratively lean into that sensation. Yes. Because you start to identify that that sensation is what's actually creating the progress when we into it. Yeah. I got a lot of the parents of my, my, my students will, will, will call me a maskins for this because I'm like, this is that good pain. Yes. Let's do it. Let's go. That's because my brain has dealt that pain with something that's good. It's not necessarily a bad pain. It makes it easier to lead into it. Exactly. It, it's, it's a pain that you want in order to get something good out of it. Yeah. But the second it becomes sharp, that's the biggest key. If it's sharp, you're probably not doing it right. Yeah. And a lot of our stretching, a lot of any stretching, the spinal posture becomes really important. That. Where if you're slouched in any stretch, it is not good for your spine. And the spine is probably one of the most important things you need to take care of while you're training, while you're stretching, while yes. you're moving. That's like the main highway of information in your body. It's, it's number one. Yeah. As far as the joint structures of the body, the spine is absolutely number one. Exactly. So when you're stretching, focus on keeping a good spine. You know, open your chest, pull your shoulders back, and then, you know, lean and grab your feet mm -hmm. for a seated hamstring stretch. Unless the goal of that stretch is to round the back, yeah. right? So sometimes when we're folding, for example, we want to prioritize more the hamstrings. So if you're like a seated fold, you want your back to be pretty much straight. But if you're doing a standing fold, we're trying to get that mobility in the spine. Yes. We actually do want to curve back. Yes, exactly. And some, some modifications you can do for a standing forward fold is bending the knees until your belly touches the top of your legs. Mm -hmm. And that's going to reduce any pressure in your lower back. Mm -hmm. And then you can slowly start to straighten your knees out until that you can do a full forward fold where your chest is down on top of your legs. Yeah. So a lot of these stretching techniques, you know, I, I really recommend, you know, go to a yoga class. You know, watch some of our videos and have someone walk you through these stretching routines that actually knows what the heck they're doing. Otherwise, you can severely hurt yourself. Yeah. And some of these injuries, if you stretch incorrectly, like you could pop a bone out of place. Yeah, or you, you could, could even tear a muscle straight off the bone to yeah. rip a, an actual ligament or tendon. And then, like, you're going to be way worse off than you were before you started stretching. So stretching well is just as important as stretching. And... You know, if you're trying to make progress, you're definitely going to be stretching longer periods of time. But, you know, let's say you don't have time. You only got five minutes. Do a little bit of stretching. It's going to do you yeah. 
way more benefit than not stretching at all. Yeah, I think also the more you do this, the, the more you start to notice when you need to stretch and what stretch you need to do. Yeah. And you also don't need to like actually stretch it often. Like it becomes almost more of a maintenance thing. Yeah. Like at this point, I don't practice, for example, we're talking about forward fold. I don't really practice it every day. I might do it maybe once or twice a day just because I feel like I need it. And that's all it takes for me to maintain, you know, at this point, pretty much my whole body is my life. Yeah. It took a while to get there, but it took way more work to get there than maintain it. Exactly. Exactly. And once you get to a specific range, you need to do a little bit of work to Just make sure you have progress. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that, that's really important where, you know, if you're really trying to increase your flexibility, you need to really put focus and time into increasing that flexibility. Do whatever exercise you're doing at least three to four times in a set. If you're doing the splits and then you're doing the frog splits and then you're doing the butterfly, do that three to four times and hold it for at least a minute if you can. Yeah. And then each time you do it, you should be going further and further. By that fourth one, you should be as far as you can go. You should be feeling those muscles really extended and it's going to be a whole different level of pain than when you first started on that first one. Yeah, you're tapping into fibers you couldn't even reach. Exactly. And that's going to, that's really going to give you that progress because all the ones that were kind of okay tight are now way loose and now you're getting into the deeper muscles that really need that work. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty much covers like a lot of what the flexibility and mobility aspects do. You, do you have like any stories or anything you want to share? Well, I guess on what you just said, you know, I was reflecting. So I, you know, mentioned a couple of times that hot yoga class, there was one portion where we're working on backbending, mm -hmm. right? Like arching backward. And this is something that I have been uh, working on a lot, particularly in the upper back. Mm -hmm. People tend to be inflexible in their upper spine and too flexible in their lower spine mm -hmm. because their lower spine is compensating for how inflexible their upper spine is. So I've been working a lot on making my upper spine flexible. Mm -hmm. And I noticed, I, I can't believe how sore I am in my upper back fibers today because I was able to actually access new parts of my back mm. and activate those muscle fibers that I could never actually access before because I didn't actually have mobility. Yeah. So it's just very interesting how it's like perpetually a next level to reach. Right. Um, I also had a question for you that I thought would be a great thing to explain to our viewers. How do you get an ideal headspace for stretching? Because it is uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And how can you use breath work to assist with like getting in that meditative calm state? I was just gonna say the breath. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like anytime I stretch, I'm 100% focused on my breath. Okay. And I actually count my stretches through my breath. So in all the stretches I do, I breathe in through my nose and out through my mouth. And then I would go one, two, three, Oh, and I forget everything else and I'm solely focused on my breathing and that helps everything else relax. Now, when you get into the stretching state that everything's really screaming at you, you want to relax the muscles. So like, let's say I'm doing my splits and I feel maybe some people feel it under their knees some people will feel it in their growing. Some people feel all the way at the connective tissue inside the hips and if you fight it, if you're squeezing your muscles, you're not going to be able to open up. Yeah. So it, 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 you have to bring your mind, you're focusing on your breath. You have to bring your awareness. Like, where am I feeling that tightness? 
Mm-hmm. You feel it. Maybe you even put a hand there where you're feeling that. Oh, that definitely helps. Yeah. And that helps release, you know, like, oh, that's where the tightness is. I, and I'm going to focus where my hand is touching. Yeah. And then that lets you release a little bit. Yeah. Cause once you touch it, it's a lot easier to sense that area. Exactly. It's also true of like strength training. If you like touch a certain muscle, you can feel it solidify. Yeah. And so it's same thing true with getting the muscle to relax. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, if you have plateaued essentially where you're not making progress in your stretching, what you can do is add force to it. So let's say you're in the frog splits, so your knees are on the ground mm-hmm. and you can't go wider. You're not as wide as you can go. You don't want to do this like at the max width. Gently. Gently. Very right? gently. So you want to push your knees into the ground, maybe at medium intensity. Because you're already stretched. You don't want to maximize your strength. You're going to pull something. Yes. So I'm going to squeeze into the ground for like five seconds. And that's going to bring heat in the muscles. Yes. And then when I release, it'll open up. And that to release, you have to be aware where it's tight and be breathing. And the breathing really helps you enter that state of relaxation. So would you say that the tightness is sort of a resistance and the like thing is more of a surrender like the stretch is almost like you have to like surrender to that discomfort when you see that area mm-hmm. do you think that's a good yeah absolutely absolutely, absolutely. especially like if let's say you've had an injury your your body's going to be subconsciously tightening that region oh. to protect itself yes, yeah right like I, I have a extremely tight right hip flexor mm-hmm. and i've actually lightly pulled it multiple times from doing just an extraordinary amount of kicks mm-hmm. and when i stretch my my iliac psoat group i have to consciously relax it and then i can get deeper gotcha but when i first go into it it is like screaming at me you, you gotta like, relax all the surrounding exactly muscles i'm glad you pointed that out too because mm-hmm. muscles don't function independently of one another mm-hmm. so if you have any kind of tightness in an area it's pretty much definitely everything else around it is going to be affected too. So absolutely. Think holistically. Yeah. 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 There is one aspect of stretching you didn't talk about yeah. that I think would be good to mention too, which is that, you know, your muscles kind of have an opposing muscle. So for example, the quadricep makes your ego, then you don't extend the leg, the hamstring flexes, right? Or the same thing with the bicep and tried to. So one of the things you can do is actually contract the opposite muscle and it will lengthen the other one. So let's say that you're trying to increase your hamstring flexibility. You can do pulses where you squeeze your quads for a few seconds, and you'll actually go deeper into the stretch. It will lengthen the hamstring as the quad contracts. Mm. Yeah, and it'll force it to stretch. Yeah, yeah. essentially it's stretching the other muscle yeah. by you know creating this different angle of joint. Yeah, yeah. And if you all have any specific questions about stretching or you know what stretches to do we're going to be putting out probably by the time this episode airs some different examples of ways you can stretch different muscle groups especially for injury prevention and rehabilitation and so if you end up not seeing those or you want to get some of those clips make sure you send us a message follow the podcast you can go to our website fairacademy.com and you know get more information but it's especially important to create a routine for yourself where you're taking care of your body especially as you're aging hopefully y'all got something good out of this you know make sure you stay tuned for our next episode 
We're going to be going deeper into, you know, speed, precision, mental health, breath work, and meditation. And let us know if you have any questions. Look forward to seeing you all next episode. Yeah, I hope you guys learned something useful. Yeah. You know, like, share, subscribe, spread the info, spread everything that we're trying to help people with. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for joining Victor and Andy on The Unlimited You. Make sure to visit our website, www.faraacademy.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or via RSS so you'll never miss a show. If you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode.